0: and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am once again honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We are broadcasting from our high-tech studio, involving my laptop and my Logitech, located in our sumptuous Las Vegas balcony here in the hottest city in America. We are a laptop lifestyle company, which means this is a from-the-field laptop lifestyle podcast. And think about where you are when you have those interactions, those little mastermind conversations, those aha moments that fundamentally transform your business and your life, or Give you that little nudge that sharpens the edge as either way you center toward your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. You may hear ambient conversations in the background. You may hear birds chirping. You may hear a vehicle going by. Like you may hear right now, depending on how good my noise cancellation is going, there is a street about a quarter mile away outside the community where I live. At any rate, we go where these things happen. And we meet some of the most interesting people. One of them is the gentleman you're going to meet in just a moment. As entrepreneurs, as business creators, sometimes we have the idea of the hustle glorified. And as I've said in my podcast reach curriculum, I'm not a hustler. In fact, I'm lazy. Why why burn yourself out? I've done that. And you know what it got me? It got me to a place where, I looked into the future, and all I saw was a blank screen. It led to me spending three years wondering what I really wanted to be when I grew up. Isn't there a better way? I agree there's a better way, and it's about mind-body mastery. So let me introduce you to Dane Dormio. He is a martial scientist and mind-body mastery mentor. He has a bachelor's degree in math and physics, a black belt in kung fu Sansu and a master's certificate and 18 low-end palms i i am so sorry i do not know how to pronounce it it's q-i-g-o-n-g so my first question will be how do you pronounce that properly so he's gone through a, a process he's going to tell you about himself in just a second but i'll just share right now that part of the reason that we want to have dean Dane here is because he works with ambitious professionals and aspiring high performers such as yourself to develop self-discipline, optimize your mind body energy system and actualize their full potential. So Dame Dormio, come on in. The weather's fine. <laughs> and how, and how was I supposed to pronounce that word?
2: <laughs> Thanks Adam for that great introduction. It's Qigong uh, is, is how you say it. It's uh it's a romanization of a Chinese word. So yeah, it's spelled kind of funny.
1: Yeah. Well, it's uh, it, it uh, was a real tongue twister for me and I've seen it around. I, uh, I myself am not a martial artist. So some of the nuances I miss. And if you folks listening love that bio, wait till you see this next part. What we do here at the Business Creators Radio Show is first I'll read off the guest's official bio or some portion of it. And once again, I find myself in a situation where I'm not sure I'm worthy to be here, and this is my show. Our first thing that we do before we get into some of the topics for today is, Dane, tell us a bit in your own words about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion.
2: Well, Adam... The, the work that I do now have been led to do through a series of spiritual awakenings where the universe has revealed my path to me.
1: Right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so I'm
2: not sure... Uh, I'm not sure where exactly you want me to go from there, because I could definitely go
1: in a lot of different directions. Uh, a direction that makes sense to you. Sometimes we hear about transformative moments. Sometimes we hear the narrative of the uh, progression journey. Sometimes we hear about the worst day of your life and how it turned out the silver lining was precious.
2: <laughs> okay, well, Well. Thanks. thanks for that permission. I actually... I want to go in a direction? Something that that just came to me uh, just just before coming on this show. Actually, I was contemplating, and I had I had this new awareness of and perspective on the Tao Te Ching and the fundamental message of it being that paradox is the nature of reality. Okay, and. What I mean by that is that essentially everything that exists, exists as one of a pair of opposites. So uh, everything has its opposite quality. And one of those many dualities is internal and external. Everything has uh, an internal and an external. Everything that is a thing has an inside and an outside that's the internal the external and duality and there's the i mean just for some examples there's there's internal and external martial arts yeah there's the internal and external aspects to the human being that that means both physically physically we have an inside and an outside and psychologically as well there's uh, there's a, a model of... Uh, there's the um, <clears throat> the self that's visible uh, to others and hidden to us. And there's the part of ourself that's uh, hidden to others and visible to us. And there's the part of ourself that is visible to others and visible to us. And the part that's invisible to others and visible to us. So uh, there's... There's also the the visible, the invisible, the inside, the outside, the seen, the unseen. And there's also an internal and an external aspect or path to mind-body mastery. Okay. And I, I think it will actually be really helpful for our listeners to to have this distinction because it's, it's a very powerful distinction and it applies to how to, how to lead an optimized balanced life, how to lead a maximally fulfilled, maximally realized, uh, maximally actualized life. There's the, the internal path of mind-body-mastery has to do with regulating body, breath, and mind together to manage state, moment-to-moment. Because state is the basis of everything. It's the basis of performance. It's the basis of mood. It's the basis of happiness and and uh, fulfillment and and our our whole experience of life is based on is is mediated through our state. Yeah. And we have the innate levers, the, the endogenous capacities of regulating body breath and mind to regulate and manage our state moment to moment. That's the internal path of mind body mastery and the external aspect of mind-body mastery has to do with information and action management. It has to do with managing the flow of information and action decisions through our lives, because just like as biological organisms, we exist as a flow of energy. As conscious organisms, we also exist as a flow of information. And in the accelerating world that we live in, there is more and more and more information in our environment. There's a greater rate of flow of information through our lives and action decisions needed to be made. And I'm just talking about being a, a fully functioning adult modern digital citizen. If, if we're talking about being an entrepreneur and actually designing and building systems for yourself and others to work in, in order to be economically productive, that's even a whole, a whole uh, another dimension of information and action decisions to be made. So, the external path is the info, what I call information action management. The technical term is executive functioning, okay. or I like to call it the fine art of deciding what to do, and then doing it, which relies on having reliable and trusted systems outside of your head so that you can use your brain for having ideas instead of holding on to them. That's what I call a distributed cognition ecosystem, basically the network of tools and systems and processes that you use to support your own natural thought and creative process and. Uh, uh, and or to design systems that can be delegated and, and uh, scaled as a business. So the internal path of state management and the external path of information and action management are mutually supporting and reliant on one another. It's not about one or the other. It's about integrating both together.
1: Right. Now, is this something that requires a martial art to accomplish, or can it be done through other means as well?
2: That is a great question because when I talk about martial arts and mind-body mastery, uh, and and really what I teach people to do is how to apply the philosophy and principles of martial arts to develop self-discipline and self-mastery in any area of life and this does not require being a martial artist of course uh but it's about because one thing you can say about pretty much all martial arts martial artists or at least in general is uh martial artists they take what they do very seriously because at its core at the at the at the root of it martial arts are at least in the, in the historical context, and still today in a, in a self-defense personal protection context, a matter of self-preservation of, of literally of life and death.
1: Right. Are we so, now, are we talking about fight or flight, fight or flight and those types of things? I'm just trying to disambiguate as much as possible.
2: Well, I'm talking about the essence of martial arts. It's about self-protection, uh-huh. which is, which ultimately about life or death. So martial artists take what they do very seriously and develop are are known for developing a high level of self-discipline yeah And, and so if you if you can take those principles and apply them to whatever field you don't have to be a martial artist to do that you don't have to break bricks with your hands or uh you know kick above your head or do anything like that but the the reason um i know that I my um, just to tangent a little bit here into my own life experience. I had the good fortune to uh, get into martial arts when I was. I basically started doing martial arts when I was a kid and never really stopped. And I I know from having uh, been a kid myself and taught and worked with a lot of kids, played with a lot of kids that pretty much all kids, most kids are interested in martial arts at some time, if it's presented to them in the right way. And many people, even as adults, they, if some kids that, uh, that is uh, nurtured and encouraged and supported and and others it's not, but the the underlying passion uh, stays there into adulthood. And so I've met lots of adults who have said, oh, you know, I've always wanted to get into martial arts, but I never have. And, and so, to, to, to answer, to, to get back to the, the question you asked, um, no, you don't have to be a martial artist in order to apply the philosophy and principles of martial arts to develop concentration and focus and self-discipline and self-awareness in your own life. But if you, if you have a passion for martial arts, if you're a secret martial artist, uh, if uh if you if you're like secretly a ninja turtle at heart and always have been like me, um then uh this is essentially you can you can take that passion in and focus it into developing self-discipline and self-awareness in any area that you would like to develop yourself.
1: Yeah. So when it comes to reducing stress, and that is something that we do deal a lot of, uh, what would you have to say uh, for any strategies to assist us in that?
2: That's also an excellent question, Adam, because number one, stress is along with the rate of flow of information and action decisions being on the rise, that precipitates a rise in stress for all of us. And that is a big deal, both individually and collectively, because name one single health condition that is not adversely affected by stress. Go ahead. I'll wait. I, you'll be waiting forever. (laughs) Right. There's, (laughs) uh, there's, there's uh, any, any health condition is exacerbated by stress. Any negative health condition is exacerbated is, is either caused or influenced or exacerbated by stress. The body's regenerative and, and protective capacity is diminished by stress are, uh, our, our mood, our emotional well-being, our ability to perform and to create and to be focused and, and productive and, and to have an impact in the world are all diminished, the more that we are negatively affected by stress. So it's a great question because this is a huge thing in the modern world that affects all of us. And By all of this, I mean all of this, but especially entrepreneurs, business creators of all types. And this question kind of is the holy grail. And it actually, I'll bring it back to the internal and the external aspects that I was just talking about. There's the internal approach to reducing stress, which is, to use things like exercise and breath work and meditation and different kinds of mind-body practices to increase your resilience and your capacity to handle and perform under stress. That's the internal path. The external path of stress reduction is to... Solve the problems that are causing you stress and put systems in place to ensure that they remain solved. Voila, <clears throat> no more yeah. stress. So it's not a again, not a matter of either or which one, it's a matter of both being necessary and mutually supportive because the external, the, the internal approach of mind-body practices, exercise, breath, work meditation. Well, this requires. <clears throat> structure and stability, consistency, i.e. habits, because mind-body practices are great, but they won't do any good unless you actually practice them consistently. And and also, no matter how good your state management skills are, if your executive functioning skills, your long-term planning and decision-making skills aren't up to par, your estate management skills will eventually be taxed to the limit. No matter, I mean, I don't care if you're a yogi or a Zen master or or whatever. And on yeah. the other, on the other hand, the external approach of uh, of of systems and uh, and processes and habits. Well, that depends on your ability to direct your energy, focus, and attention, because you can have the best systems and the best plans in place, but if you don't actually follow them, if you don't actually work the system, then it doesn't do you any good. And at the same time, the most important component of any system, and I'm I'm speaking now particularly to entrepreneurs, the most important component of any system is you, at least until you get yourself completely designed out. And of course, you know, you'll always be the bottleneck until you get yourself completely done yeah. and out of the system. But the most important component of the system is you. The basis of your success is you. Your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health, wellness, longevity. So taking care of your own uh, well being, nurturing your your soul and your being first and foremost is. Key to both short term and long term success, being able to not just get somewhere in your business, reach some particular milestone, but being able to create a lifestyle that sustains you and fulfills you, and that you are able to sustain and, and grow over the long term.
1: Yeah apps i i totally i totally get that now is self is the ability to have self discipline something that's always been natural to you or is that something that you either found or developed along the way
2: oh man <laughs> <clears throat> if only you knew adam all right <clears throat> i actually Where are you coming up with these questions, man? I I, I, I swear you're 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 a genius with these questions.
1: Um, I I don't I don't uh, know about know about a genius. I'm just uh, I'm just a guy with a face for radio. <laughs> <clears throat> um.
2: So I I actually had a negative relationship with the whole concept of discipline for the longest time, and when you think about it. When you think about it, a lot of us do, because when, I mean, going back to when you're a kid and the way most of us were conditioned growing up is discipline. What does that mean? You you know, when you get disciplined as a kid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what, is that, what does that mean? Discipline, I mean, it, uh, it has a very negative connotation. It, mean, it means you're getting a whooping, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it means, uh, you know, it, mean, it means punishment. It means, you know, depending uh-huh. on where and when and who, you know, it might have been might have been the switch or the, the paddle uh-huh. or, or the belt or the hand, or it might have just been, you know, sitting in the corner, or it might have been uh, go to your room. It's, you know, discipline is punishment. Right. <laughs> and or, you know, in school, go to the principal's office. Um, and, and so, so, I mean, our first, our first, uh, exposure to discipline is basically synonymous with punishment. You know, nobody likes the idea of punishment. <laughs> that's, that's the whole idea of punishment. And so, of course, we have a, a negative, uh, a negative relationship, a negative emotional relationship with the idea of discipline as this negative psychoenergetic uh, quality to it and then if you and then and then with self-discipline that you know that means self punishment. that means when there's nobody around to punish you you have to do it to yourself basically
1: yeah See, you know what i'm glad i i'm glad i brought this up because i've understood this at a certain level but i haven't quite had the f- vocabulary around it well man, the way you're a- get gi- the way you're giving giving me is when we talk about self-discipline, it's like, I'm having an aha moment of my own. No wonder it's so such a challenge for people. There's the connotation of discipline being a negative from the very beginning. And the idea of self-discipline as an adult, as an entrepreneur, as a, somebody in a job, as somebody doing sports or martial arts or what have you, self-discipline. So Ooh. what, you're going to beat yourself up? because that's what i'm getting yeah. right now
2: yeah yeah really yeah really man this is this is really pre-cognitive or uh, pre-verbal programming this is why you know like we all this is on a like a just on a on a deep level uh we're programmed with this and like you said a lot of people i think realize oh yeah i have you know this was programmed in there it wasn't even not even on the, the verbal level but on like the pre-verbal level and we have this connotation of of, of discipline is punishment, self-discipline is self-punishment. And and we learn with punishment, uh, one thing we learn is, you know, punishment means if you do something wrong, you have to punish yourself. And if there's nobody around to punish you, then you, or if, if you do something wrong, you deserve to be punished. If there's nobody around to punish you, you have to punish yourself.
1: Really? I mean, you deserve to be punished? Well, if I if I do something no, no, wrong, no, I'm not I, saying this is
2: true. Well, I'm saying yeah. this is the programming that we receive from an early age. Oh, I, oh,
1: I get that. I get that. And that's why. And that's, that, that's why. I'm bringing. That's why I'm bringing up. Uh, just because you did something, quote unquote, wrong. I'm going to use air quotes here for a reason because that <laughs> that, that that. I mean, there are some things that you certainly should not do that are certainly bad uh, that are certainly deleterious. However, wrong in some cases is actually subjective. And uh, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't punish for it. Well, I mean,
2: ultimately, it. ultimately, there's there's cause and effect, aka yeah. the law of karma. There's there's cause and effect. There's action. There's consequences. But um, the point I'm getting at is that we we're programmed from an early age that uh, to that we uh, if we if we mess up, if we make a mistake, we deserve to be punished. And yeah. if there's nobody around to punish us. Then we have to punish ourselves, and that's a big part of the reason why uh, people uh, have have uh, self-esteem issues well into adulthood, and and are driven right. by, um, you know, driven by uh, different uh, different kind of uh, drives to receive recognition in one form or another, because and and to avoid punishment. And if we if we feel like we've made a mistake, then we tend to guilt ourselves, shame ourselves, beat ourselves up because of this very early programming around punishment. And so, punishment and and discipline, that's the the first link. And so, most people's definition of self-discipline, if you ask them, what does self-discipline mean? It would be something like forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do. And if if that's your definition of self discipline obviously that's not a a warm fuzzy feeling either that's like you know it's it's something you don't want to do but you force yourself and the, and when i when i recognized this i had like i said before i had the a negative relationship with the idea of discipline and especially self-discipline for the longest time until I realized, oh, actually, uh, this isn't this is not a good definition. And I came across uh, in a better set of definitions, which actually um, that one that I just said, uh, forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do, that's actually a good functional definition of willpower, which uh-huh. is the mental energy exerted uh, to overcome internal or external resistance. And it draws upon the same mental energy reserves that are used reserved that is used by critical thinking, decision-making, short-term memory, and empathy. So the more energy you draw on for willpower or for any one of these functions, the less energy you have available for the others. And this is a source of decision fatigue, um, which is a psychological phenomenon that's been studied. But point being, that is a good definition for willpower, forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do. And discipline is actually the opposite of that discipline and self-discipline in particular. This is the definition that I now subscribe to is the state of internal and external alignment where what feels good to you and what you feel like doing and what you have consciously decided is in your highest and best interest are one in the same. So willpower says, I don't feel like eating my vegetables, but I'm going to do it anyway. Discipline says, I love me some vegetables. Nom, 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 nom.
1: Yeah. So I'm picking up a combination of changing a view and changing language around that view here?
2: Well, when, uh, with, with regards to the concept of self-discipline, yeah, if you can relate to, to self-discipline as something that actually feels good, like when you when you, when you when you get a taste of it and you realize how good it feels, uh, it's actually very empowering and, and even can be addictive in a good way. Um, in the sense that it, it pulls you it can pull you forward in a virtuous cycle um, yeah. but uh but recognizing recognizing that self-discipline doesn't mean self-torture it's in fact it's the opposite it's where like you have your your morning jog that you like to go for whatever it is you want to do and you look forward to it you 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 get up and you you put on your shoes or do whatever you do to get ready and uh, and and then you go for your jog and you enjoy the scenery and you enjoy the feeling of taking your body out for a uh, for a run and and you come back and you uh, enjoy the the feeling of circulation and um, and then you go on to the next thing in your day and you and you feel good about that it actually feels good to to have self-discipline, to develop self-discipline, and it's self-sustaining. So, recognizing that self-discipline feels good, and the key to self-discipline is actually minimizing willpower, which means willpower, as I said, is, is energy exerted to overcome, energy expended to overcome internal and external resistance to a behavior. So, Whatever the behavior is you want to do, whether it, it has something like exercise or, uh, or or diet or taking cold showers or or yeah. it's around sales calls or uh, or 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 writing uh, or whatever it is, um, recognizing uh, the sources of internal and external resistance. Internal resistance is essentially. Uh, limiting beliefs or um, negative. Uh, essentially, I compare beliefs to like apps on a on a uh, on a computer on a, on a device. You, um, your, the brain is computer. Beliefs are like apps, and uh, and some of them are like malware. Um, uh-huh. So, removing and identifying limiting beliefs uh, around that thing, so that you. Uh, instead of internal resistance, essentially, is part of you wants to do this thing and part of you doesn't. And and a lot of heat is burned up with just the internal resistance and, and forcing yourself. But if you bring all of these uh, sub personalities into consensus, as I call it, then you either 100% want to do this thing, or you 100% don't want to do the thing You want to do something else instead. But either way, you're completely in alignment internally. So creating that yeah. internal alignment and consensus is uh, how you remove the internal friction. And the external friction <clears throat> uh, has to do with your personal systems and your physical space. Personal systems being what I referred to earlier as the distributed cognition ecosystem, your network of tools and systems and processes for uh, managing the flow of information and action decisions so that you can uh, keep your ideas, keep keep the information and action reminders and everything that's relevant in a trusted system outside your head so you can use your brain for having ideas instead of holding on to them. Um, So creating those kind of systems for yourself, creating personal systems, creating business systems, you don't have to keep it all in your head um and that's that's the, the personal systems and the physical space is the, the 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 physical environment and physical cues like for example if you are working if you do a lot of work at your desk at your uh using your laptop you know how ergonomic is your setup your your desk your chair uh are you are you in a good position um, oh
1: that's a big one uh and uh, one of my personal issues is i'm too sedentary. And I discovered uh, a year ago that I was exacerbating it by not having a desk that was the the proper height for my posture. Right, right, right. You you, you know, Adam, sitting is the new smoking, right? Everything's the new smoking. That's why I took up cigars. But anyway. But no, <laughs> really, there, were,
2: there, there, there were studies that, uh, that um, came out that Uh, sitting for eight hours a day is the same mortality risk as being a
1: pack a day cigarette smoker. I'm, I'm, I'm joshing with you. I knew exactly what you meant.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and so um, for, for entrepreneurs uh, especially uh, you know, living that laptop lifestyle, it's um, you know, it's one thing, you know, I, I, I wrote a post about this on Facebook one time that, you know, everybody's talking about working from the beach, but you know, like, okay, A, there's sand, B, there's wind, C, there's salt spray, D, there's fucking seagulls, you know, like if, you know, if you know seagulls, like, uh, you know, give me, you know, give me a a, a nice office to work from and I'll, you know, go to the beach when I want to be off my laptop. But, and the same thing with, with the pool, you know, it's, uh, um so uh, there's, you know, there's the idea of a laptop lifestyle that, that is kind of sold, but when it gets right down to it, if you're uh, spending time in whatever environment is behind the wheel of your car, or if it's in, in uh, at a desk, um, that needs to be a space. Uh, a, it needs to be a space that's conducive to physical health, just like while you're sitting there. B, you need to take regular breaks and get up uh, and, you know, like five minutes out of uh, 60 or so um, get up and walk around and, and do stuff. Um, but, and, and, you know, that's, that has a, a lot to do with how effectively you can, you're able to work and, and, and focus. Um, and it also has to do with the, the problem of being sedentary, which I know you're not alone in this Adam. I know a lot of people have this problem and like, this was true two years ago. You know this stress and and sedentary and and sitting too much and blah blah, blah was a big deal, but there was this thing that came along. I don't know, you might have heard of it, COVID, um, and all of this stuff that we've been saying all along is about reducing stress and and uh, and self care, and um, it's it's even uh, more important. So. Uh, in terms of physical space yeah like most people and this is this is a factor that that most just typical americans are not used to accounting for is space to move your body when we think of working out what do, what do people usually think of where do you work out the gym that's like equivalent right people say oh i'm going to start going to the gym they don't say i'm going to start exercising they say i'm going to start going to the gym right cuz you have to go to the gym to work out because in most American homes and offices, there's no physical space that's appropriate for moving your body. You know, the typical house that you go in and you've got the, the TV shrine, aka the quote-unquote living room, uh, and then, you know, you have a dining room and whatever, but very few people even have just, if you were just going to get up and stretch out and move your body fully, do you even have space to do that in your bedroom or your, your living room or somewhere in your or in your home office or wherever your office is. Because if you, I mean, if you think about, you know, like if you had an animal, like a, a pet rat or a Guinea pig or whatever, and it was like in a space where it was confined and, and couldn't move fully and couldn't move around, obviously that would be unhealthy. Right. Yeah. Why
1: would you want to do that to yourself? (laughs) wow that that's another way of thinking of this that is again has been right there in front of me all along but it's just different vocabulary than i've used articulated before yeah and uh it it reminds me of they had these these elephants in circuses they were used to being chained up their entire lives and as adults they could be held in place by a thin chain with a with just a very small pig put in the ground because the elephant didn't know that all they had to do was tug on it and they could walk free.
2: Well, it's true that, it. I mean, it's true that if you are, uh, if you establish the pattern of being sedentary, like uh, Newton's uh, first law, body in motion tends to remain in motion, a body at rest tends to remain at rest. But also, right. but, but also the, we, we, we started off talking about how physical space influences uh, the, the, the influence of um, the in, internal alignment, internal resistance coming from limiting beliefs and external resistance uh, uh, coming from personal systems and physical space. So point being, if your physical space is not conducive to movement, guess what? Expect to be sedentary. If you put that extra um, barrier in place that in order to move your body, you have to, A, go to the gym. And so then you have to make a huge time investment. So it's got to be 30 or 45 minutes or an hour. You got to be all sweaty and exhausted. And then you come back and, and it's, and then eventually you decide it's not even worth it. Um, versus like, you just want to get up and move around for five or 15 minutes and, and, move your body, move through your full range of motion, maybe dance a little bit, just like have space that, because when it, I mean, when it comes to movement, this is a fundamental physiological need and, and much more important than working out intensely a few times a week is several times per day to get up, walk around, uh, and, and walking around the blocks could be an example, uh, or, or even a quick jog, um, or just moving around in your space, just get up, getting up and stretching for five minutes or, or dancing for five minutes several times frequently throughout your day, just like sipping water. Um, that's, that's, the, that's probably the number one thing that almost all of this could do to immediately improve our quality of life. And performance, and health, wellness, fitness, longevity—all across the board, right there—is just take little sips of movement throughout the day, the same way you would take little sips of water.
1: Wow, that's that's really profound. So, uh, I appreciate you um, appreciate you definitely taking the time to share that. What I've really enjoyed about this opportunity to speak with you is more than anything else, the opportunity to learn from you. Uh, it's been really educational in ways I wasn't even expecting. I, In a lot of my work, I've covered how simply changing a, couple, a word or a phrase can fundamentally alter the meaning of a subject or the trajectory of a process or a pattern. And you've certainly given us a few things to Think about, is our language that has been programmed into us moving us forward or is it holding us back? I never thought of self-discipline as an inhibitor before that way. Yeah, having, this
2: is, I mean, this is just one of the the, the tools of the mind-body mastery coaching process is is belief change but essentially it's like running a, a a mental virus scan just you know just like uh it's like you'd run a virus scan to identify and replace uh limiting beliefs wherever they may arise because right you can't just remove a limiting belief you have to replace it with uh something that does the opposite something that's positive and, and affirming and empowering and 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 essentially there's a process to just run a mental vi- virus scan to identify exactly where those limiting beliefs are, identify uh, e- exactly what the perfect belief to replace it with
1: is, and then uninstall, reinstall. Right. Right. So as we wrap up here, we're near the top of the hour. Uh, I do want to just make sure that our listeners are aware of the Mind Body Mastery Blueprint, which is part of what you you bring to the table. And I encourage everybody to visit the website. And this is a URL. It's mindbodymastery.academy. You can see it in the notes if you're listening to this episode on our website at Business Creators Radio Show. Otherwise, the URL is https colon slash slash mindbodymastery dot academy and there you can download the mind body mastery blueprint i really encourage you to do that to take advantage of this opportunity here and it will give you so much additional information that builds upon some of the things we shared today what we did in our time here today sort of scratched the surface and i myself am going to look into it a little bit because i find it i find it very intriguing you really had me at that whole thing about how self-discipline could be a way of demotivating us and i can't believe i never thought of that so uh you certainly have my attention uh before we wrap up dane do you have any uh let let me actually ask a specific question other than going to that website and downloading your blueprints uh what is one thing that you would urge our listeners to do as soon as they finish streaming this episode
2: Well, if if anything I have said has inspired you to if, if anything I've said has triggered any of your uh shoulds, like, oh yeah, that's right, I should be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um Then I'm going to give you a round to it. Consider this your round to it on okay. whatever that thing you've been shooting on yourself about is, and approach it from a systems design perspective, as, as in, i.e., like a lot of people are shooting on themselves, and like, oh, I should start exercising, I should start meditating, um, I should start doing whatever. It is. I I start writing every day or uh, whatever it is. Commit to establishing that habit and think about it from a system thinking perspective. What systems do you have to set up in your life? And what steps do you have to take to pave the way to make it? Knowing everything that you know about yourself to make it more likely that the behavior will occur than will not occur. Okay. Like uh, if, if you want to exercise in the morning, then uh, lay out your uh, exercise clothes before you go to bed. So they will be right there when you wake up. That's just an example of some little thing you can do in your environment that will make, encourage the behavior that will make the behavior more likely and set up enough of those cues and and reminders and, and support elements in your environment to make it more likely that you'll do the behavior than that you won't do the behavior and that will ensure that you'll be able to maintain it consistently. In other words, don't just make a resolution and say, I'm going to start doing this thing, and then go try to do that thing once and run into a bunch of resistance, and go, "Oh yeah," and then forget about it. Instead, right. say, "I'm going to do this thing, and what do I need to put in place for myself to set myself up for a sustainable consistency in this thing? Put those elements in place for yourself for Just one thing, just one habit or or one thing you've been inspired to do listening to this. Put those environmental support elements in place for yourself for that thing. So this won't be uh, just another idea or inspiration that fades away, but uh, you'll be able to look back to the day you listen to this podcast episode and say,
1: yeah, that was the day I started doing this thing and I've been doing it ever since. That's fantastic. Well, Dame Dormio, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor, and believe me, in education. Thanks so much, Adam.
0: We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time.